The movie guys love movies. Any stories about what happened. It's true. All of it. The dark side. A Jedi. Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. <laughs> you had to wait for it, but it paid off. <laughs> Bart was actually getting goosebumps. Uh, yes, yeah, I got the hair is still Literally, standing. Yeah. That's amazing. So great. Oh. As well you should. It is exciting. John Williams. Oh my god. Uh, that's half that trailer. Wow. You know, uh, I saw the trailer on the uh, on the Monday Night Football, and I think J.J. Abrams is breaking some new ground because I saw zero lens flare. Oh. Yeah, he's really uh, he's really stretching here. I love you because you you get you bring it down, you bring everybody down to a thing, and you rail the John the John the John Woo rule. You cannot exactly. be surprised by the number of pigeons in a John a doves in a John Woo movie. So just like Prince, you cannot be surprised if he wears purple. Or heels. Yeah, or right? heels. <laughs> or heels. It's just how it no, is. I did not listen to that. I no, Adam going is going cold, cold turkey. turkey. But I got to tell you, part of the great thing about this, I've never had an experience quite like this. Of course, I've never had an experience quite like this for Star Wars as a <laughs> right. gigantic Star Wars fan. Uh, it's, it's the greatest thing in the world in my life. And so here's this other one that was never going to happen. It's crazy. Just crazy. But uh, I have not been watching the trailers, uh, and it took me a long time to watch the second one. And I only saw it because I was in IMAX 3D before the Avengers. I was like, well, I'm already going nuts. Right. You know, <laughs> let's watch this sucker. And yeah, and that paid off. I mean, you know, Chewbacca and Han Solo at the end or whatever. But the thing that I missed, and I, I did hear the crash. Paul informed me that this crash was from the trailer, the Star Wars crash. It wasn't no, just. No, the crash was from the teaser. But that was oh. cue for you to get off because following that was uh, new footage, okay. new okay, trailer cool. footage. Yeah, and I'm going cool turkey, which means okay. I'm not going to read ten things we no, learned about God, the Star Wars trailer no, from no. from WeAreGeeks.net or whatever. That is the worst mistake. Yeah. So, but I have watched Ugh. the trailer, and uh, you know, so that's. But I'm not going to overwatch it, and I'm certainly going to soak myself into learning everything there is to know before I go in. But the exciting thing was, I get to, there's this atmosphere. This this movie's so powerful. There's an atmosphere out there. That then the same thing when the last trailer came out, you could feel that people were happier in the street. You could just feel <laughs> off of people that had all seen the trailer. It's Christmas morning. All, it was Christmas morning. Yeah. And watching you, all your faces, because I took my headphones off and plugged my ears, watching you all react to it is awesome. Yeah. I'm loving not seeing the trailer because you got goosebumps. It was like when LeBron went back to Cleveland. Uh. I literally called my sister and said, I don't know why, but my life. Life is better right now. <laughs> I'm just things are just better this now. This is a good week. Bill Murray has a Bill Murray movie coming out. Oh, yeah. oh my god. Life yes. is better. Yeah. I know, right? I Solid explain week. Why. Around the table there's happiness. Yes. I know. <laughs>
You know, but, but just like with Phantom Menace, even though I mean, we didn't know how not that great that movie was going to be, but still, Jedi's, come on. Uh, but, but the months before that, you got to be real careful about crossing the street. And, you know, you're like, I do not. I just want to make sure. I'm <laughs> Paul already, I came home from work the other day, and I said, Paul, what have you been doing all day? And on the phone, he was kind of scared. He was kind of cagey, so I knew he was up to something. So I'm, I was called. I'm like, "Hey, did you get stuff done?" He's like, oh, "I'm real busy. I just got uh-huh. going here at 5 I'm like, "Oh, okay." I come home. He's on the phone telling someone, "All right, I got the tickets." He spent uh-huh. all I, and I afternoon. Didn't. I lucked out because me and my friend Wayne were you know, coming at him from two uh-huh. angles, trying to get on that internet awesome. where Fandango so and ArcLight cool. and Regal and down. AMC yeah, yeah. theaters all crashed. Yeah. They're predicting a $600 million opening weekend, wow. which is as much as Titanic made in its entire run. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, uh, welcome to the movie anyway, showcast, hello. everybody. Uh, part of the vast and sprawling movie guy's empire, and you just watch yourself. We're wanted men. We have a death sentence on 12 systems. Oh, if be you, careful. <laughs> you've reached ground zero for all... You'll be dead! <laughs> you've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, ugnots, banter, bits, <laughs> special guests, and more as we oh, broadcast God. from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week at themovieguys.net or iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube. The, there's many options. A lot of internet. We're trying to say. A lot of internet going on. We're there. out there, and uh, where you find us, please subscribe, review positively, mm-hmm. you know, like and share posts. Uh, still, no charge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on WBAD.net for free. Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Basically, just search the Movie Guys or the Movie Showcast on Yahoo, Google, or Bing. Bing. And we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. Ninja. Bart Caius. Say, brainless, don't you know where coconuts come from? <laughs> and Adam Witt. <laughs> right now, I feel like I can take on the whole empire myself. Oh. In the second half of the show, we'll be joined by a film producer who has made his directorial debut Ooh. with the documentary available now, streaming on Netflix, as well as Amazon and Microsoft movies, and also still screening across the country. Mm-hmm. Go to wreckingcrew.tv for screening dates because it's popping up here and there, and you can go check it out. Denny Tedesco. Yay. We've already chatted him up. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As ever, we're here to fill you in on what's new at the theater, so that'll be first. As it's a big weekend with some Halloween efforts getting an early jump on the holiday, such as The Last Witch Hunter and Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. Mm -hmm. Not for nothing, and I should tell this to Denny, The Ghost Dimension is my favorite Motown group. (laughs) (laughs) Also opening, and perhaps even scarier, Gem and the Holograms. About a teenage girl who has a video of her secretly <laughs> posted to the internet. Hot! <laughs> Relax, Bart. She was singing. Oh. Uh, and she becomes an overnight pop sensation. Of course she did. And Karen, <gasps> later in the show. Oh, yes! Oh, boy. I am Richie Lance. It's a real pleasure. Um, time for a crazy story. <laughs> I was a rock tour manager, and this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to tour with my act. To Afghanistan? Yes, it's a coming together of our two favorite Star things. Star Wars, <laughs> nothing but Star Wars. Give me the Star Wars. Now I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> of course you are. So awesome. Based on a true story. With the Richie Lands? Or inspired by a true story. Is that story? right? That's, I've seen it on Shut the screen. Shut up, that makes it even better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now it's inspired, remember, so there, right, right. The, 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 there's a guy named Richie somewhere. There's a gradation here, it's not <laughs> right. a true story. So is JFK. Yes, inspired by actual events, 
a man named Richie. Well, it can't be actual events because a girl from Afghanistan gets out. So (laughs) wasn't there one of them in a show? They made a movie. We already did that once. Took place in Indianapolis. It was like Afghanistan to him. All right, let's get on our first, our first, uh, first, our first, our first, our first, first movie. Our first film of the busy weekend is The Last Witch Hunter. Oh, hey, honey, better order more witch hunters. We're down to our last one. Hey, which one of you ate all the witch hunters? From Keebler. Well, Adam, <laughs> since you spoke up, you'll be, you'll be talking about it with me. Here we go. Witches. Jenny, that's my brother, by the way. Oh, Denny back in the green room listening to uh, this music. That's Karen's brother's band. <laughs> and what's the name of the band, Karen? Tell Sweet Ass Cream Corn. <laughs> They're from Buffalo. Nice. Witches just can't catch a break in mm-hmm. cinema. Or Massachusetts, for that matter. <laughs> yes, the latest attempt to make witches as fun and interesting and as profitable as vampires stars Vin Diesel, the name that tries too hard. According to the trailer, the Witch Queen has returned to destroy humanity. Mm. Seems like a good enough excuse for Vin Diesel to kill a bunch of them with a flourish of special effects. Now, after I read the synopsis for this movie, I felt like I had a pretty good idea what this movie was going to be about. I mean, I watched the trailer, but then I watched the trailer and I have no idea. I don't have the first damn clue. Now, from the title, I'm assuming it's about witches and there is a hunter of them, so I'm going with that. But still, it's not entirely uh, clear if Diesel's playing Abraham Lincoln or not. Anybody anybody catch? (laughs) So it's about how... Well, yeah, yeah, that adds to it. Uh, So it's about how... Even in the modern world, witches still live among us. Mm. And for those of you who watched the most recent Democratic presidential debates, you're already a believer. Equal time. Had to do a Democrat, just equal time across the board. Oh, right, exactly. you had to pick on the Democrats. I get you. Vin Diesel plays a bad-bearded Highlander named Calder, cursed with, ormali- uh, cur- cursed with immortality oh. by the Queen Witch on her deathbed. Mm-hmm. So much like his career, he can't be killed. Yeah, it's feeling a little Highlandery. Yeah, <laughs> back when he had hair, Calder slayed the Queen Witch and all but brought an end to the plague of witches that terrorized the world, seeking to destroy it. Oh, sure, there was the occasional witch for him to slay here and there, you know, like Raven Simone. <laughs> but for the most part, Calder has been left to toil in eternity, forever unable to join his wife and son in the afterlife. Well, it turns out the Queen Witch has been resurrected. Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Well, yes, the Queen Witch was only mostly dead. This spells trouble for Calder, who now has to once again take up arms against the most feared witch of them all. Anne Coulter? No, but good guess. And to do this, he has to go to the dream world. Or something. I don't know. Really, watch the trailer and tell me if you can tell what the hell's going on. Oh, however will he be taken to the dream world? Sleep, perhaps? <laughs> So, not buying the plot? Well, Michael Caine is on hand to make sure everything sounds plausible. He could explain Trump's economic plan and add 10% to his poll numbers. I didn't research it, but I'm pretty sure Michael Caine's speeches in this trailer are actually just lifted from Batman. <laughs> Perhaps old clips. You don't even, you don't even have to come in when and it first came say in, I was them like, over. A little confused. Like, I'm like, wait, is this a line from Batman? Oh, and also, Elijah Wood plays the wide-eyed and bushy-tailed priest, but mostly wide-eyed. <laughs> Now, I mentioned to a female friend of mine that there was a new Vin Diesel movie, and she asked, is there a difference between The Rock and Vin Diesel? (gasps) Now, 
there is, mm. but that doesn't mean I knew how to explain it to her. <laughs> <laughs> I do that wonder. That is a fair question. <laughs> I wonder about this Vin Diesel. Do you think they cast him, then write a script without soliloquies? Or do they see a long, speechless script and go, get Diesel? Get Diesel. Anyway, here's a clip. Yeah, you're not qualified for what happens next. To be a Vietnam movie. Yes. <laughs> you know, that version of Paint It Black makes me yearn for uh, Bill Murray as Nick the Lounge Singer. I'd like to hear his version. Well, here's this. Star Wars. <laughs> we got that. All right, listen. After Riddick. I see a red dog. After uh, Riddick and The Fast and the Furious, Vin Diesel hasn't been cast in a film that he can't turn into a franchise. Mm. But he faces a challenge with the final sounding <laughs> The Last Witch Hunter. Oh, so let's take a minute here and sadly recount the movies we'll presumably never see, such as The Last Witch, Last Witch Hunter Part 2. Mm-hmm. The Next Witch Hunter. A Very Witch Hunter Christmas. And Witch Hunter Port, Port of Call, New Orleans. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Well, thank God we won't see it. We'll never have to say it again. Witch Hunter, the Legend of Curly's Gold. Also, <laughs> you won't get that one. Happen. Um, Witch so Hunter, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> so half this movie, he looks like Abraham Lincoln, and the other half, he looks like yeah. Bruce Willis. I didn't realize that was him. Right? With the beard and the hair. I know. He looks if like he Jean Valjean. If he wants to go out in public completely incognito, just... Put any hair on that man's head, I'm anywhere in his head, like just one cheek. <laughs> you have no I'm idea it's Vin say Diesel. So you go up to him and go, so you're not Vin Diesel? And he goes, Bart, I want to tell you that Bart has this, um, like it's a superhero skill, that when he puts on hair of any kind, he's gorgeous. Yes, it's, it's, it's a power I rarely use, apparently. <laughs> but it's weird, because they'll put on hair and then it's just like, holy shit, who's that guy? Um, Vin Diesel doesn't have that How power. am I not insulted right now? I know. Because you're good looking now, but when you put on hair, it's kind of... Deadly. It's deadly. It's a little frightening. Vin Diesel does not have that power. No. He didn't He, he didn't look better no. or good. No. <laughs> he looked completely different, and I had no idea. It, it, no. The plot looks amazingly confusing to me. Yeah. Because he killed I, the witch. I, I, the witch somehow matter. comes back. He has to go into the dreamland. He wants to reunite with his dead wife and son. Wow, You've you, put the you, most you, importance on the plot of anyone talking yeah, about that. Oh, okay. You, from you, the creators. Am I missing the point here? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Haven't you heard the witch queen has returned? Boom. There's your movie. The witch queen said... Um, here's my question. Boom, there's your movie. So, uh, th- th- you won't be able to answer this. So, how can you be more dead, right? So, he has to kill the witch cl- queen, and she's probably... Apparently it didn't work last time. Yeah, it seemed like a very convenient reason to have a movie. We killed her, but she came back. So, we... Kill her again. Extra kill her. Yeah, he's got to put that together. So you've got to super kill her. Michael Caine yeah. will know. What am I saying? Ah! Michael Caine. He'll come in with the gravitas. Listen, the thing you have to remember. I, so I try. Uh, my name. Well, how do you do Mike Mike Cocaine? The my, white, cocaine. The, the, my, my cocaine. My yes. cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine. My cocaine. The white is Whose cocaine is that, Paul? My cocaine. My cocaine. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to our next movie. Our next film is Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension. Ooh, The Ghost Dimension. Okay, Bart, calm down. It doesn't star Tom Cruise. That's Ghost. Are you are you oh, sure? I mean, vertical. it could. It is a movie. <laughs> no, this is a blump. This is a blum. <laughs> that's, evidence. A, uh, that's evidence in the positive. This is a Blumhouse production. Oh, okay. Blumhouse oh. productions don't star actors. Ah, yes. <laughs> that's not their thing. But you're in now. Let's talk about it. Here we go. <laughs> Could start Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is in movies. Activity. 
Uh, Paul, do you remember that $15,000 movie that made a gazillion dollars a few years ago? <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to call it a franchise when they've basically remade the same movie over and over again. Well, here's this one. After a family starts to experience scary supernatural occurrences in a home they recently moved into, the father of the family, Ryan, must find a way to protect his daughter from these evil spirits before it's too late. Like... Move out of the house. I've lived in the neighborhood for several years, and your house is definitely the most beautiful. <laughs> but I have to tell you, the previous tenants said sometimes they heard screams coming from the basement. Okay, we'll just fill it with cement and move out of the house. <laughs> of course, from the pragmatics. Still, still in pre-production. It's still pragmatics, yes. Uh, oh, hold on a second, Paul. Before we go any further, please tell me, <laughs> do they find footage? <laughs> It's a movie, isn't it? <laughs> to quote yourself. Yes. The amount of unfound footage reaches new lows as Paramount <laughs> activity, Paranormal Activity releases its fifth movie for the first time in three dimensions. No, four dimensions. It's length, width, height, and ghost. <laughs> Thanks to modern advances like tile GPS apps, now you can find anything you've lost. Keys, wallet, footage. The found footage <laughs> is video showing young Kate and Christy being taught supernatural abilities by their grandmother. Oh, man. All my grandmother ever taught me was how to rinse the corn out of her dentures. <laughs> Wait, Paul? Who's Katie and Christy? Are they characters from a previous paranormal movies. And what do I need to know about them? They're creepy kids. Oh, okay, gotcha. It seems like only yesterday that the first Paranormal Activity started a new era in horror movies, but that's only because they seem to release one of these movies every six hours. And I was out of ideas, like I is, like I is, like I is, like I is, I was out of ideas. God bless those guys. But Paranormal Activity 5, let's call it, goes beyond found footage to bring us found camera what? a what? camera that can see into another dimension and yet still shoots on vhs <laughs> what's the traditional anniversary gift for a fifth movie in a series paper silver uh gimmicks paul i think it's gimmicks <laughs> that's right paranormal activity the movie that set the standard for lack of complexity in photography has now gone 3d every time they look into the vhs home video recorder they see 3d I hope they put up the text, put your 3D glasses on now when it happens to be really old school. Now, despite the video being recorded over 20 years ago, an operating system still exists that allows the family to watch the video. Willing suspension of disbelief. Sure, why not? Yeah, I Think can't even get my iPhone to work with my iTunes because I upgraded the operating yeah. system. Yeah. Things okay. uh, start to get weird when a young girl starts muttering odd phrases. What are you doing in here? Who is she talking? Is she talking backwards? Is she saying Bloody Mary? Well, here at the movie guys' lab. She ordered a Bloody Mary. Yeah. She's thirsty. Very advanced. I hope they didn't give it to her. <laughs> uh, here at the movie guys' labs, we've put this clip through our deciphering software, and we're not getting Bloody Mary. No. I mean, listen. Hmm. Dry-ass mildew. That's oh, what that's I mean. the new house. Yeah. <laughs> if I heard dry-ass, if a kid came up to me and went dry-ass mildew, I wouldn't immediately think, what are you saying backwards? Yeah, you'd be like, someone needs to go and repaint the cover yeah. or something, the closet. Dry oatmeal. It happens right. with new construction yeah, in homes. You yeah, you get yeah, mildew. mildew. Sure. <laughs> she's trying to warn it's perfectly explainable. And then she comes yeah. over, she's like, lead paint. <laughs> so, in the face of impending evil, what does the father do? we got to find more of those tapes. Okay. Well, Dad's just full of good ideas, isn't he? 
What's the twist this time? The kids go back in time and become parents to themselves? Or maybe they were alive the whole time. Now, once again, a trailer for a scary movie returns to yell at me. Every 10 seconds, somebody gets paranoid and then a bunch of jump cuts and a scream. But luckily, it's been put to good use as the United Nations has cleared showing paranormal activity, ghost dimension, trailer to the members of ISIS during interrogation. Oh, yeah. And you know what, Paul? We're already getting some good, use, useful intel. Oh, I believe it. Do they have the old uh, clockwork orange on the eyes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the headphones? Ah, ah. It does scream at you every two seconds, this trailer. Did oh. <laughs> you... Did you notice that the uh, found footage is VHS? Because even ghosts are like, screw beta. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was don't a laser disc. Don't with that, yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. that shit when I was alive. <laughs> ghosts <laughs> love laser disc. No. I, I, it'd be so great because they open up a box of the the VHS tapes in in the yeah. uh, in the ch- and each one of them has like a big label of like you know vacation or whatever or so, each name. It'd be so great if like because everybody on VHS you had to record all six hours, so you'd record yeah. Blues Brothers, but then you'd also put the Cotton Club and you put a couple other things on the uh, on the other uh, you know and four Paul, hours. And Daryl, but Daryl. It'd be so it. great. If it was like, you know, Van Legation and Daryl. All right, I don't know if you guys did this, but Paul Preston, it's so cute. He would put a couple of different movies on his tape, yeah. and uh, what he would do is on the spine, because it's not good enough to just write the name, he would get that publisher clearinghouse whenever they would send you the videos. Ah, that's and clever. they would have the stickers that you would lick and put on the thing that you wanted to order. Paul would not lick order Stick them on the spine. He would stick them on the spine. Ah. So he'd have Ghostbusters, Blues Brothers, Caddyshack, licked and on the spine. You're welcome, America. That's so smart. But that is that is a great interview question we always often ask for our uh, for our uh, guests. What are the other two movies you had yeah. on that? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I had Sarant Lives like crazy, but they were always wedged around a Ghostbusters. I just reminded Ghostbusters, the other movie on that one, Pretty in Pink. Oh and yeah. I think just some music videos. Stripes. Stripes ah. for sure. If you uh, but then if you had three comedies over ninety minutes, you had an hour. Yeah. And boom, Bobcat uh, Goldthwait stand up special. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, totally. I have that Steve Martin television special, it's hard to find, where he rides the elephant. Yeah, well, yes. we have that now. And he put that out on disc. Yeah. Actually. That's a great one. Comedy, uh, comedy's not pretty. Comedy's not pretty. That. Yeah. yeah. Now, here's the other thing. Um, I, you know, when you do musicals and stuff, like in, in band concerts and stuff in high school, now I'm trying to go back and I'm taking those and putting them and burning them on discs because the tapes mm-hmm. are starting to disintegrate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am not that old. So I'm just saying. How are these tapes not disintegrating if they're found from like the when were they made the early 80s? They must They have, must be falling apart must too. Must have had the Maxell gold. Remember there was like <laughs> it's so funny back in there still VHS but like you could pay it for expensive That's VHS okay. as yeah. well. It had like high capa stance or something. It would have like all kinds of weird words that it yeah. This one has really nice packaging. Yeah. That's that's what you get. You get the extra packaging. It's heavier. They were oh, heavier yeah. the ones heavier. that were better. Were. Raiders was Raiders Empire and Metal Storm. The destruction of Jared Sin were all in a very high quality twenty dollar VHS tape. <laughs> remember those? I just remember. I love how that was on the I love how you didn't say Raiders of the Lost Ark. You didn't say Empire Strikes Back, but yeah. you gave us the full Metal Storm oh, title. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the most fun titles to say that exists. Yeah. Oh, it's got awesome. a colon, but way into it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, um, who's going to this? Even with Movie Pass, anybody? I don't think Bueller? I am. I, I'm behind. I've, I've only yeah. seen the first mm-hmm. one. And I loved it. But I then I got too. worried that the, the next ones weren't going to be as, as good. Mm. Or I mean, as effective. That When it was new, I think that was the yeah. best way So maybe I should pull an Adam and watch them in order and then go see this. You go, you're going to ramp up? Hey, we're five in. Hey, right? You know what? That's interesting because I'm a huge Blumhouse fan, but I've only seen the first one of these. Oh, I've not actually seen You have others. work to do, you my friend. What? That's, that's kind Big of a week. good... That's kind of a good thing for this week. I like right. this. And I still haven't seen Sinister 2. Maybe I'll go see both of those. Well, there you go. 
It's also Blumhouse. The ghost dimension must be horror. I mean, when ghosts cross over into our world in these horror movies, yeah. they're always like, because <laughs> the ghost dimension is it always just everywhere you go? They're just screaming and yelling. You should see traffic in the ghost dimension. I was just going to say the ghost dimension is the 405. It's a lot like Somalia, I assume. Remember the opening scene to Captain Phillips? Yeah. All those guys did was yell at each other. Everything was horrible. Yeah. You know what's so weird? I'll get, you'll get a you'll get a cab driver or something that's maybe Somali or something like that, or, or you know from some some far off place. And some of the conversations they're o- often on the phone, but and you think like, oh my god, he's in a terrible fight with his wife. Right. Uh, and that's just how some people talk. Just what it other, sounds like from other countries. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people are expressive. Yeah. All right, Karen, are you ready? I'm. I think I'll be okay. Let's do this. Here we oh, go. This is exciting. Right. Bill Murray is back. This is your Star Wars. Right? Shut the front door. It gets better. Ah, <laughs> uh, shuttle bus to the fair. Funny Bill Murray is back. Shun the firstborn. It's Rock the Casbah. Karen, here we go. New Bill Murray movie. New Bill Murray movie. New Bill Murray movie. The Sharif don't like it. Rock the Casbah. Rock the Casbah. Sharif don't like it. Actually, before you begin, Karen, I want to yeah. give a shout out to Mike McNutt. Of the great Hater Nation Yay! podcast, Yay! who sent us these uh, Rock the Casbah posters that we have adorning our great Admirals Club oh, this week. It's a fantastic poster. Thank poster. you, Michael. So, That's Mike's very man, cool. thehaternationshow.com, or just go to iTunes and uh, Podbean and look for the Hater Nation and their show where they go off on everything every week. <laughs> they do. They're, they're, they're just hysterical. crazy. If you think we're a little reserved, that might be <laughs> oh. the way to go. Yeah. We don't have a big porn section. No, we should. We, it's a movie, right? We should yeah. probably incorporate these. Well, go, so if we don't cover it, go there. Go there, they'll uh, cover it. All right, Karen, take All it right, away. yes. After taking a decade off to knock it out of the park as a dry supporting character actor, mm-hmm. making even the most unwatchable movies watchable, isn't that right, Charlie's Angels? Bill Murray is back. God damn it, Bill <laughs> fucking Murray! Sure, Bill Murray is always uh, amazing. Yes. But it's tough to enjoy Broken Flowers, oh, Bill it. Murray, right? But you remember this guy? And as we wind on down the road, <laughs> my shadows crawl out in a Again, goosebumps. What a genius. The last <laughs> yeah. time Bill Murray was a lead in a comedy was The Man Who Knew Too Little, which you should rewatch, but just watch him. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, don't watch <laughs> other people. Bill Murray. Bill, Groundhog Day, ghost-busting-ass Murray. (laughs) Bill Murray plays Billy Murray, playing Richie Lanz, a washed-up music talent manager who takes his only remaining client and last hope at hitting it big on tour in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. And he thought doing shows in the Dirty South was a tough gig. (laughs) Uh, What kind of music do you usually have here? Oh, we got both kinds. We got country and western. In between dodging IEDs and scurvy, Richie discovers a young Afghan girl with a one in a million voice and decides to sign her up to compete on a television show called Afghan Star. I think I speak for everyone when I say, I didn't know they had television out in Afghanistan. (laughs) And the young starlet is well on her way to becoming an international sensation while risking a punishment of death because her religion doesn't allow women to sing. But then Simon Cowell shows up and calls her a talentless cunt and dashes her Hollywood dreams. <laughs> Richie is abandoned by his client. That's Just, what they say in England. <laughs> it's, well, it's a different yeah, word it's for them. Different. It's yeah. like fag and cigarette. It's uh, a different word. I don't think they talk. They just probably just shoot her in the head, right? Yeah. They just Over go. Over there. Well, yeah. Yeah. In England. Yeah. Oh, I, well, yeah, that becomes a very interesting show. It's then. a different show. Richie is abandoned by his client, presumably when she comes to her senses and realizes 
realizes that she's on tour in Afghanistan, leaving him stranded in Kabul, the city of brotherly love, of lights, the Big Apple. What is Kabul the city of? Explosions. Ah. I'm pretty sure Kabul is a city of explosions. Ah, great. The film's colorful poster will make audiences think this is going to be one funky-looking film. Or they'll just wonder how much Bill Murray brand weed is for sale. <laughs> Which genius on Rotten Tomatoes will be the first to label this film Kabul shit? <laughs> Fortunately, the film has been screened internationally, and already critics in Afghanistan have weighed in. The Daily Outlook says... We should be so lucky to wake up next to Bruce Willis in our bed. Kabul Weekly, the daily outlook. Kabul <laughs> Weekly says Bill Murray is a revelation. Does he live here now? <laughs> the Sharia Times writes, Death to America. Yeah, they, every review. Oh, sure. Rotten Tomatoes, that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna, and they're going to just call, call them right in there. Right? Yeah, they're right. going to see him right there next to the yep. the Barnsdale Press. It's called right. aggregating. And so, uh, it's aggravating, so often, right? Yeah, right? <laughs> As so often happens with actors who are known for playing themselves more so than for playing any character, mm -hmm. they eventually become a full-on caricature of themselves to the point of absurdity. And in Bill Murray's case, this is indeed happening. Hmm. Much to everyone's yeah. delight. <laughs> Bill Murray is more Bill Murray in this oh, movie than we've yeah. seen him before, and we can't wait to see it. To borrow from Bart's love of Tom Cruise. Yes, please. If you <laughs> want Bill Murray in your movie, <laughs> you can't do better than Bill Murray. You can't do it. You can't do it. Just get Bill Murray. He's available. He's well, the Bill Murray. It's hard to find, but if you can find him. <laughs> He's the Bill Murrayist. <sighs> and I want to paint it black. <laughs> Here's our we, oh, problem is so that we exciting. have built a, a social calendar. Yes. In our lives where we're having a Halloween party tomorrow. I was just checking to see and now, when that And then we have planned. work during the day. And then Friday night we have our Ghostbusters screening. Oh, I should announce that, by the well, way. Speaking of cool. Bill Murray. Well, that's Friday also night, quite Karen, I would say. <laughs> Friday night at the Yumi Credit Union in Burbank. They've been turning their parking lot into a drive-in movie, except you don't drive in. You walk in, you sit down, and they project movies on the side of the building, and they're showing Ghostbusters. We'll be hosting. Yep. We've invited some of the folks from the Southland Ghostbusters <laughs> to come fun? join us in full yeah. costume for photo ops and walk around and stuff. Food trucks, local vendors. Uh, it's gonna, We're going to do trivia and give away prizes. It's going to be tons of fun. So um, that's Friday night. So when are we going to see this? I'm looking right now on MoviePass, and they don't have the showtimes yeah. up yet. But I am not above checking tomorrow and if there's like an 11 40 screening i'm leaving the party yeah sorry folks you're, so, you're kicking kicking the people I have out of to do. Let, <laughs> well, let me know oh all right i want to come see a bill murray movie with you oh, oh there you go yeah it'd be so fun gosh i'm so excited like i'm just so excited I'm i mean, excited I mean it's like, like you guys are excited about star wars yeah yeah it's the same thing that's the thing I, i'll go see a movie with anybody that's really excited oh, about the movie you know i i think the last time i remember thinking Bill Murray was being the Bill Murray I absolutely adore because I love this other stuff too Broken Flowers I rewatched that and I just think it's adorable him and his relationship with that neighbor yeah, I'm over that but, I mean it's cool that he can do it but, but I remember What About Bob was the last time yeah, I felt like right? he was being Bill Murray yeah, yeah it's such a solid Bill Murray situation well, right there St. Vincent no well here's uh, the thing about St. Vincent was tricky. I thought he was transitioning to old man roles you yeah. know because yeah. he was because he but had a stroke and everything funny. and that it's like oh is he going to do the late jack lemon switch into like older roles? but but this is obviously proof that no he still wants to headline and be the yeah. man in yeah. a comedy i mean so but as much as i enjoyed saint vincent yeah. i did um so two things when in saint vincent when because uh, now hopefully people have seen it by now have you seen it bart no i just remembered he was in it oh god <laughs> anyway That's what i'm here for, for those of you who have gone out of your home in the last year 
Um, <laughs> I just love that in that movie, because I have a thing, like, don't kill a dog in a movie, or I'm already oh, hating yeah, your movie. Yeah, yeah. They know not to kill Bill Murray in that movie, because he goes down, starts to black out, but they don't kill him. Oh. Because if they had killed Bill Murray, <sighs> oh my It would be Zombieland. Well, and that's okay, though, for some reason. You can kill him in that's a zombie That's different. Line? Yeah, okay. because oh, yeah, he yeah. was dressed like a zombie, so it was okay. <laughs> he had it coming. He had it coming. But, had it coming. Um, so what is the song he sings at the campfire? Uh, oh, it's a, oh, wait, at the campfire? Uh, yeah. Oh, Smoke on the Water. Smoke on the Water. Yeah. Okay, it's pure... I'm such a nerd about this. Pure Bill Murray genius because he goes, Smoke... What's the part Smoke where... Smoke on the water, water and fire in the night. In the night. But he starts to say... changes the fire in, in the, the night nice sky. <laughs> Uh, he starts wrong <laughs> and then just unabashedly just changes it into the right word and it's I think so he may have great. missed his calling. He could have been a singer. <laughs> could have been a nice uh, But this is I, I mean this that. is epic. This is lounge singer Bill Murray. Yeah. This is this is the Bill Murray we really want to see. Oh, the, I mean, you know, yeah. you can like it's great the Broken Flowers because Chevy Chase couldn't go do that. I mean, you yeah. know, it's like, it's it's great that Bill Dan Murray Dan Aykroyd couldn't do it. Dan Aykroyd, yeah. But this Bill Murray, and one of the more most foremost scholars on Bill Murray is Stephen Lewis. Yep. And, I mean, it's it, it, the, the genius of him in, like, all these small roles. The season three of Saturday Night Live was after Chevy had transitioned out, Bill came in, but he wasn't quite accepted. And they said the first time he did Nick the Lounge Singer, it was like he was taking over the show all of a sudden. And that season three of Saturday Night Live is like... It's impressive. Mm. <laughs> All right, well, let's get on to our final film because then we got to get our guest in here. So, yeah. All right. yeah, Karen, there is one more. I know, but you just keep thinking of Bill. Murray. I'll just—I will have to after this. Our final film is *Gem and the Holograms*, oh about a band who makes music. But don't worry, to appeal to kids, the instrument playing is kept to a minimum in the trailer. <laughs> Adam, let's go. You know, it's a good thing they call this movie Gem and the Holograms because that's the only way to know that this is based on the famed cartoon series that ran alongside Transformers and G.I. Joe in the 80s. If you want to know what year Gem originally aired, I'll yeah. give you a hint. Holograms <laughs> is in the title, the latest technology that 1985 had to offer your trapper keeper. The cartoon was the story of a music manager whose computer would transform her into a female rock star Gem when she said... Showtime Synergy. Now, Synergy, showtime. I think Denny is in pain watching this. He's in the green room. Oh, God. Showtime, Synergy. I swear to God, I know for a fact that Rock the Casbah, Ricky Lance is not going to say showtime, Synergy, or whatever crap's happening. They may not say it in the movie Gem and the Holograms, either. (laughs) They're actually doing the second trailer. They're not horribly. Very faithful in that line. Oh, did they really? Very there faithful to the cartoon in that one line. Yes, oh. yes. All right, listen, we now take you to the meeting at Famous Hollywood Studios where uh, the 80s cartoon is now being adapted for 2015. The second voice you hear is overpaid. Action. So uh, how do we make the kids like this movie about, you know, stuff and things? The internet. Here's your money for your expertise in updating old properties. Thank you. Well, there you go. Yes, in the Gem for a New Generation, she's an internet star, as the trailer will tell you a lot. In the cartoon, she was the leader of the band The Holograms, you know, like in the title of the movie. But you can tell that didn't test well, because in this movie, she signs a contract to make her a solo star, like on The Voice, like you kids like so much. Also missing from the movie is the, uh, is the villains from the cartoon, the evil female band, The Misfits. We're the Misfits, our songs are 
Instead, the villain has changed to the amorphous price of fame on friendship. Also, she has to get over the loss of her father who died and left her a robot like you kids liked in Big Hero 6 so much. Aubrey Peoples plays uh, Jerrica Benton, a small-town girl plucked from the internet and thrust into the fast-paced, high-stakes world of music. You know, the last time the music world plucked someone from the internet, Justin Bieber happened. So, uh, you know, music world. You might want to uh, stop with the plucking. It's an inspirational story about chasing that impossible dream or remaining true to yourself and never letting go of your roots and never <laughs> losing your sight of what makes you, you. Hi, girls. You are no longer Jerrica. Jen, that's what we call you now. That means changing the way you act, sound, and look. This is us? No, it's Photoshop. Things are going great. You highlighted Things it. are going great for the group until one day Jim is approached by a record label to go solo. As you might suspect, this causes quite a bit of tension in the group as the rest of the holograms start to feel abandoned by Jim. Oh, and there's some stuff about a robot that Jerrica's dead father made which comes to life and projects an Obi-Wan Kenobi-like message <laughs> in the middle of all the turmoil. That's in this movie, too. A hologram is a technology that gives the illusion of something being real, but is, in fact, a little more than just flashes of light and sound. And this movie is an embodiment of that idea. It's uh, kind of a movie about nothing, really. Don't believe me? Here, take a listen to the soundtrack. She told me in the morning she don't feel the same about us in her bones. See? Doesn't get any more nothing than that. Weirdly, the trailer begins exactly like a paranormal activity trailer. What are you working on? Well, I'm working on my greatest creation. I promise you'll see it when you're a little older, okay? Yeah, it's VHS found footage. It's confusing, because, but not as confusing as when I saw the name of the producer of Paranormal Activity on the credits of Gem. It's true. I had no idea what the hell I was researching. So I have to either assume that there's a hidden quality to Gem that I'm not seeing in the trailer, or she's murdered by a possessed kitar. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll take either outcome, really. Mm -hmm. yeah. But there's only so disappointed you can be in the adaptation of a toy commercial from 1985. <laughs> what would I really do with Stanley Kubrick's Rainbow Bright? That I'd like to see. So, Jim. That's Jim. <laughs> this defines also coming out, because I really, I... There are two trailers for this movie. That's one, true. One, one where they don't mention the robot at all. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's just a story about a girl who finds fame and fortune and has to decide whether she's going to have a solo career. And then there's another one that starts with a robot that has a bunch of stories to tell her. Yeah, and another way of saying that is there's one that bears no resemblance to the cartoon at all. all right. And the second one that came out after everyone bitched about that. <laughs> all right, so here's the thing. I've never seen Jem the Cartoon. I and I love it. only saw one trailer. What? There's a robot? So the story, from what I can piece together, is uh, her father was an inventor who created this little hologram, this little robot that projects holo projected holographic it's, it's messages. Synergy. It's the Showtime synergy. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah and, that's what it and is. And so when she's going through all this trouble, she like turns to the robot, and the robot dispenses all sorts of wisdom and sage advice. But it's all pre-recorded wisdom, right? I guess from her father, from right? From her dad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I saw a thing on Oprah one time where this woman who had like a six-year-old knew that she was dying of cancer. So she went and she thought of all the different things she'd want to tell her daughter about on her wedding day and what oh, and this yeah. and that. So she made all these little VHS tapes. This is kind of like that. Yeah. This will not make you care more, but I do believe it's... <laughs> 
<laughs> I do believe he creates artificial intelligence in the robot. Oh, okay. But it doesn't work right away. They like device. like futz with it, and all of a sudden it comes to life. Yeah, and yeah. it looks like paranormal activity at that point. Yeah. Well, after the first trailer, it looks so random that there's a robot. Oh, and the second one, I mean... Well, when do robots have anything to do with YouTube? <laughs> in the international trailer... They get a song on the radio, and they all go, "We're on the radio." Yes. In radio. this, in the one in the American, they don't do that because <laughs> you know you have. Yeah, that was that was the difference. There's an international trailer that does not mention the robot, and yeah. then the American one has the robot. You know what's really kind of cool? There's a guy coming up who actually knew musicians. Let's just go talk to him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's take a break then, <laughs> and for a ten grams. second break, we'll be back with our guest, Denny Tedesco of the Wrecking Crew. Stay tuned. <laughs> With our guest segment, joining us is the director of The Wrecking Crew, which chronicles the people who make up the unsung heroes of the studio musician world in the 60s and 70s. It's available now on demand and in select theaters. Again, go to wreckingcrew.tv to find that out. And our guest's father, Tommy Tedesco, was one of these legendary guitarists, so we're happy to have the filmmaker who's telling his story with us here, Denny Tedesco, everybody. Please sit down, Yay. all those people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> More applause. Love your green room, by the way. Your green room's Thank awesome. You. Thank you very much. Yeah. You, should really, you should really share it with the folks out there one day. <laughs> it's well, it's so back there. Sometimes they don't you don't even the guests don't even get the uh, yeah the video the shrimp feed. plate we yeah. send you. Did yeah. you get the shrimp? No, you didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess somewhere Was else. there gum? We usually have gum. Only under the under the table. <laughs> we had red vines. Exactly. I think the red vines have hardened though. <laughs> there somewhere. You could take out a filling with those now. Red sticks is what we've got now. Uh, so listen, we'll talk about the wrecking crew in a second um, because it's uh, you know. We saw it and it's fantastic, but we're just talking gem. We're talking it's a musical yeah. month, especially yeah. this week with yeah, Gem and the Holograms and uh, Rock the Casbah. Bill Murray is a music manager. Any thoughts on the new releases yeah, coming out? What's going on with Gem? I have no idea what the hell you guys are talking about, Jim. I am. Right, I felt like I was. I felt like it was in France in listening to you guys, <laughs> or I'm American listening to French talk. I have no idea what the hell Jim is. I, I and know. I feel we really tried. out of place. I felt like either I smoked a lot of pot <laughs> in the '80s, which I did. <laughs> I, I didn't see it in the but, '80s either. Yeah. I don't I know. I order you is. not to feel bad about not knowing what Jim is. I okay. am a fan of uh, commercial uh, toy commercial cartoons, like cartoons that were built right. to sell toys. Right. So it was that your GI Joe and Transformers are making hand over fist money in the '80s, and so they rushed out some other ones for for girls like uh, Jim and the Holograms. Wow. But, so, but it is only known to some people who are right age to watch every cartoon that existed. So it was only a cartoon. Yeah. Oh. oh no! I mean, it's a toy line too. It was an action but, figure. Yeah, action but it wasn't figure. a live action TV so it's going show. For or? Preteens, right? They were going for the young, yeah, young, definitely. Oh, yeah, ten-year-old girl. Does she right. really wear red on her face? Yeah. She does. That is accurate. She looks like kind of like David Bowie. And David it, Bowie, yeah. <laughs> and it was kind of otherworldly, right? We like we knew it was all ingrained that there was this robot and yeah, these yeah. powers that and was stuff. a given. There was all kinds of sci-fi givens in this commercial. Right. So when I saw this right, American right, Idol centric. Ad oh, for this movie, it is confusing. Oh, it right. might as well take you know, Blue Valentine and call it GI Joe or something. It's like some weird like teen <laughs> love story, teen you know. Uh, th 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 this movie, I don't know what the hell this movie is, but there are references to a cartoon called Gem in it, <laughs> uh, the title being one of those things. I, I just think it's so fascinating because the idea behind the one trailer I saw, the one without oh, yeah. the computer, without the robot, without the robot um, it's just this girl who 
records a song on her iPhone or whatever yeah. and puts her sister puts it up online and she's a huge star. Which is so kills me when I know about people now like Denny's dad who could have played all these people under the friggin' table because she it just kills me. Yeah, it it just kills a, me. It was a girl band made of cartoons. Uh, cartoons. You know, yeah. Much like the Backstreet Boys. But then there's people who have actual talent and can play an actual instrument. So that, speaking but of they, which, But they end up doing it anyways. That's true. They do it anyway. They do the, back, they do the soundtrack right. of those people. So what's the they, difference? They just, you just <laughs> don't know. That's true. Yeah, you just have no idea so, that that's who's playing the guitar for her. Well, that's an interesting thing because there was a song every week on Jem. Either mm-hmm. Jem or the Misfits would play a whole song. So they had to write yeah, 52 songs a year for that type of syndication And there's some singers out there getting yeah. to that studio work. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, you know, yeah. Robbie Neville. You remember, do you remember Robbie Neville? Oh, yeah. Say La Vie. Say La Vie, yeah. yeah. Which I actually worked on. Uh, that was at my loft, at, and we did that video at my place. Oh, wow. Cool. But he was a huge, he was a writer on uh, Hollywood, uh, what was the kids' uh, musical on uh, Disney? Um, oh. Hollywood High School. What was it? The one? Oh, uh, yeah, I do know. What oh you're God, it was about. a huge thing for like th- for a few years. Yeah, but he did. And all they, they did songs on that all the time. Yeah, too. yeah absolutely. Exactly. That's cool. It's he, like he, he made. You're talking about High School Musical, yeah, right? Like the, yeah, like Zac Efron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's oh it. High good school. for him. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Recently. Yeah. So he was like, the, I think one of the head writers, if not. Wow. So he made a fortune off that thing. Yeah, Empire has songs every week. Some don't they? Isn't there songs in Empire? Uh, do you know anybody oh, that worked sure. on Cop Rock? <laughs> ah. I, I like it? Cop yeah. Rock. Nice. Right, so go, right, so like this it. is the conversation that we had earlier. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll ask the good questions. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask the good questions. Look, ooh, you remember? By the way, look, goosebumps, goosebumps, goosebumps. So we walk into the, her, your living room, right? And I see, um, what's the poster? Uh, blah, 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 uh, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop, yeah. Right, Little Shop of Horrors, which that. is Lee Wilkoff was the original Seymour, Seymour, which worked on Cop Rock. Oh, oh my God. God. The original Seymour from Roger Corman's movie? No. No, no, oh, okay. from, no Broadway. from Broadway. Broadway. Off Broadway. Broadway. Yeah. Which is very weird. The fact that you bring up cop prom and that was what six and you shows. Just, did you yeah, just maybe. talk to him? It's kind of literally crazy. just talked to him like, yeah. like that. Cop Rock is the TV show so version cool. of Jim and the Holograms. No, like that should come back. That. <laughs> it should come back. I want to be on Cop Rock. Cop Rock. Where is we? We gotta get that back ahead of its time. Though, it. You know, now musicals are back in a big way. You know, oh, like totally. Post, uh, you know, Chicago. Well, I have a feeling we could name any artist and some find out the six degrees six separation which you related. <laughs> but before we do that, let's uh, gra- oh, let's lay the ground. Tell the audience what's yeah. going on yeah. for the listeners of who you are and what the film is all about. Right. Um, so tell us about this wrecking crew. The wrecking crew. It's the story of uh, the session musicians, the ones that did all the recordings in uh, the early 60s and 70s uh, in Los Angeles. And they were doing the recordings for Elvis, the Beach Boys, like Pet Sounds, uh, Sinatra, oh Jan and Dean, Mamas and Papas, Fit Dimension, Johnny Rivers, uh, Birds. Anything that was being done in L.A. most likely had a group of session musicians on it. And the reason was in the early 60s, you only had one track. And it was mono. So record labels <laughs> who weren't sure if rock and roll was really going to be a sellable right. who item. Knew, who right? knew, right? It's a fad. Yeah, it's, it might not be here next year. So they made sure they covered their asses by basically putting session players in there. Because a lot of these bands could not play that well. Mm-hmm. And you had studios, you know, that's expensive, you know, time. So knock, these guys come in, knock it out three hours, boom, 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 knock out three or four songs. So that's my question. Did they play with the band or instead no. of the band? In, sometimes both. Okay. I mean, yeah, usually the, at the beginning, like it was like uh, the birds is a great example. Yeah. Mr. Tambourine Man. It's the only one they recorded. But Terry Melcher was the producer, and Terry said, "Well, if I'm going to do this, guys, I need to have my guys. I'll put uh, basically I'll put uh, Roger McGuinn in. He can sing lean and he can play the twelve string. But I'll have Hal Blaine on drums, Leon Russell on piano, uh-huh. Larry Nechtel on uh, bass, 
and uh, Bill Pittman and Al, um, Jerry Colin. So you're not cigars. listening to these guys when no. you're listening to the not albums. that one. Not wow. that. And, and, but here's what uh, Roger McGuinn said in my interview with yeah. him. He said, "Listen, we did that that song and the ba- the B side in three hours. That's a three hour session. When we did the group turn 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 with the group turn turn mm-hmm. turn, it took 77 takes. It, it's it's a totally different animal when you're in the studio. There's so many things you have to get yeah. right. You can't be worrying about if you're a good player or not. No. You can't. I mean, the, the red light goes on. It's like that's it. You, you better boom, 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 boom. Yeah, there's no time. And they had, you know, they they could be in three or four sessions a day. They could start. They could go with the Beach Boys in the morning mm-hmm. or later at night. They could be doing a movie or commercial, and that's how you could look at my dad's workbook. And it's like, okay, he's doing Green Acres on Monday. Oh, this oh my God! And then he's at <laughs> Capitol later for something. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's him. Okay, so so so, and I did not get to see this, so I'm going to ask you questions like, who are you? No. <laughs> no. Now, now tell me about your dad story. tell me about your dad dad tommy tedesco uh came out of niagara falls new york he came uh lovely Karen, know. she knows <laughs> she knows that is a very brave man to get out of there not really i don't him. think he's that brave to get no out. you want to get out that's your, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know that's what there's a great little story in the movie where the wife says that uh, they that's can't my go mother back. by the way his mom says <laughs> the mom says yeah we can't go back because there's two guys that said he would never make it and yeah. that's all you need when oh, you're yeah, from western that. new york not to go back yeah. no no they came out they were night uh, dad was uh 23 mm-hmm. in 1953 he actually went they went to a dance at niagara university um and they the big band there was losing guitar players so they said hey my friend plays guitar so all of a sudden my father's auditioning that night okay. and also he goes on the road goes around the country comes out here does the hoagie carmichael show with his oh, big band yeah. sees all of hollywood sees studio musicians gets to dallas gets fired ah. he, uh, yeah he gets fired <laughs> back to hollywood uh, no he gets fired Not because he it, back to back, yeah so he gets fired uh, because he fired him and the singer so they could uh, do some of the sing and play guitar that happens Downsize. because you're able to downs that happened to the com- when we were working for disney they yeah, had five of us oh, and Disney's they were able to perfect use, for that they were able to use two uh, piano players and yeah. get rid of all of us exactly mm-hmm. get rid of a six-person improv yeah Cheaper. exactly yeah. it's easier to have a guy who can sing and play so this was they were ahead of their time in 1953 <laughs> downsizing <laughs> yeah. so basically so dad was so ashamed by going back to niagara falls new york you know don't forget he wasn't it, it, so basically, I said to my mom, I said, how long before you guys moved? A year, year and a half? She goes, no, three weeks. That's all you can take. Wow. Once he, you've had a taste of freedom, yeah, you can't yeah. go back. One of their, oh first, their first house was uh, a few blocks from here in Burbank. Really? Yeah. That's so cool. Let's go take a tour. Yeah, right? <laughs> that and, is really cool. But here's so, the kicker was when I asked my mom, I said, was dad gigging a lot? You know, was he you know, doing a lot of gigs? You know, 1953? She goes, no. She goes, he, had, he was working in a chemical factory. And once in a while, mm-hmm. he'd get a casual, meaning like a wedding or something like that, but he wasn't working. She goes, he didn't want to go to that dance. He got a gig that night in Pennsylvania, and he was going to do that. And she says, you can't go there because I spent $35 on this dress. So, so if he hadn't gone to that gig <laughs> If it wasn't for my dance, mother, that, we would never be here today. I did like the fact that you told a story about your mom said, uh, put that guitar down and pay attention to me. And your dad said, well, look, it's between you and the guitar and, and you have legs. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's like... <laughs> I mean, and take a hike. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like... Honey, the, the guitar doesn't have legs. You do. Mm-hmm. So. My mom and dad have had that <laughs> yeah, conversation. Yeah. So, yeah. But, you know, my dad's success, I can only say is be, you know obviously he was a talent mm-hmm. but my mother god bless her she's still with us but she was so strong and they did it as a as a unit yeah you know they came here mom was taking the calls 
you know, she would deal with us. You know, it was a you know combined effort. They did so how did you well. get into the uh, music basically industry? Basically, we basically kind of start hanging out. You start jamming at mm-hmm. jam sessions. Uh, you know, say, hey, can you cover me? Because I got this other job someone would do. So you start covering for that guy. Like covering doing what? Like uh, it could be at first, it could be a, like dad would, would cover for, let's say, Howard Roberts, who was a great jazz guy at the time. Mm-hmm. He was playing for Peggy Lee. So dad wow. plays for Peggy <laughs> Lee. Okay. And then all of a sudden, this other guy, um, he got a shot with Bob Bain. It was a, uh, another guitar player. So we're doing a commercial and it's a you know, car commercial, whatever. Yeah. And that's how he just starts breaking in. And once. The thing what he was different was he could read fly shit, as they called it. Can we say fly shit on this? Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> fly <laughs> shit. You could believe, yeah. Yeah. Which is basically, you know, a lot of notes on yeah. paper. Yeah. And he was really good at it. And he really got good at it to where the point was that's where his career went later in the 80s and, you know, doing film and stuff. Wow. He could read it upside down. And the reason he could read it upside down was that's how he would practice. If he's reading a paper like this, Okay, I read it that way, and let's do it this way. So he wouldn't memorize it. Oh, it's just wow. basically a challenge. You so know. it forced him to always be reading? Always. God, that's cool. I mean, can okay. you imagine if you're going to work four times a day, different studios, different groups, different situations, and you're being thrown music all day long? Mm-hmm. It's not like a band where they're given the same music, you're practicing the same right. 12 songs. Yeah. You know, so he was giving Oh, they said they record like an album a day. They could or do an album like a day, that's Liberty Records. Crazy. I love that output. Yeah, <laughs> album it's I mean, And, and that's it's mixing. Sometimes some wow. of the stuff was mixed, and yeah. that's stylistically different. Like he could go in and be doing some Spanish guitar work in the morning, and then yeah. later be doing banjo, uh, banjo, oh my or, god, or electric jazz or whatever it was. Yeah. I've only heard a couple of things that your father worked on. Each time I went, wow, yeah, <laughs> Green Acres. <laughs> you said Temple of Doom. No, Temple of Doom was yeah with uh, with John Williams. That's great. he was doing a lot of stuff with John Williams. See, it's funny because later in life they was you know they did all the Beach Boys and all this other stuff and yeah, Dad Sons. was uh, did yeah Pet Sounds and then Dad did like Batman theme so that's him on the Batman theme. You've touched a superhero nerve. Yeah. So it got superhero next to me, huh? Uh huh. Absolutely. <laughs> I thought you were superhero. I'm gonna, I'm oh, but you don't have your hair on. Today. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> he had a superhero right. hair. Sorry. He's the Tom Cruise guy. I'm gonna repeat the lyrics just to make sure I know the song you're talking about. it's Na, 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 na. You're, no, you're wrong. It, <laughs> oh. It's lyric. Oh, it's just lyric. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's lyric. That was, that was <laughs> a running <laughs> joke. Because wow, uh, the guy amazing. that actually did this, the, the, my, one of my interviews was with uh, Ron Hicklin, the singer. Yeah. His, it was Ron Hicklin's singers that did Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the joke was, lyrics. <laughs> 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 you get that one sheet is of so paper. cool. Yeah. So the, the, wow. the film eventually shows... What happens to uh, one of the? Uh, I forget who was it that didn't have such a great end up a security guard after yeah, the. Yeah, Hal Blaine went, and probably is one of the most. I mean, you hear his resume, you just freak. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Charlie Watts said I was so disappointed when I heard, you know, ten of my favorite drummers was Hal Blaine. Mm. Yeah, because it was uh, like everything was Hal Blaine at the time. You know, he was doing the Beach Boys. He was doing Simon Garfunkel. He was doing uh, uh, Elvis. He was doing everything going on. And then Earl Palmer was another drummer. So what happened was these guys were so busy, and they get you know go through the '60s, and then all of a sudden there's more tracks. Groups are getting better, mm-hmm. styles change. Uh, Carol King, you know, brings in you know her, her band. They're doing you know doing James Taylor, James and they're Taylor, doing their yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And the bands are self-sufficient at this point. So these guys now there's another session. There's another group of session players that come in in the '70s. You got the, like the Larry Carltons, the Dean Parks. Right. And the Lee Rittenhouse and all these guys. Russ Kunkel, do you ever work with him? Yeah, Russ. And then you got uh, Steve Gadd and Jeff Carl. That was a whole nother, the next generation of right. guys. Um, and they, you know, then they went on. But 
I, at that point, luckily for my dad, he went into TV and I film. I was just going to Well, because ask, he so could read, so he could yeah. go on to do f- the film scores yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. They sh- yeah, there are clips of him lecturing and things like that. But yeah. he had a pretty uh, sustainable career after yeah. the sort of Wrecking Crew days were over, yeah, I where mean, he didn't go lapse into No, no, no. Too, and, too bad. And, like, the, the only sad story, well, that's the only sad story, but, I mean, Hal Blaine's sad story is, he, like he said, he said, my only regrets are my personal life. Right. Nothing to do with my, you know... You know when, you know he had six wives. Yeah, know? that would cost <laughs> you some cash. Yeah. And but as my father says, one of my favorite lines when he says, you know, I asked the question, how did it affect your personal lives going to the studio all the time? And and uh, Hal says, well, affected mine tremendously. I had six wives. And my father goes, yeah, but that was because your personality, not because you're a drummer. It takes a certain kind of um, wife to be able to understand that it's a business because it sounds like your mom was helping to facilitate she was, the business. And she was. And, and, so she was yeah, involved. Very much so. And, you know, in, in a lot of ways, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, there was yeah. one very, my friend was watching it with me and this kind of perked up her ears. It was when Carol Kay talked about, I think my daughter's okay. I think they're okay. Yeah. I think they're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and it was it, a little question whether or not her yeah. family was okay with what happened. Yeah, unfortunately, Carol's daughter did end up passed. She did she? Yeah, she passed a few years ago, but that was cancer and stuff. Oh, okay. But, um, but that made me sad because she wasn't, she couldn't say, my kids were great. She well, you was know like, what? Th- sure. That's interesting because um, she was a single woman most of the mm-hmm. time, you know, raising, I don't know how oh, she Oh, was she a it. single mom? I think so. Okay. I mean, I don't think she had good, she didn't have a good marriage. Okay. A couple marriages. And, um, and, you know, one of the greatest lines in the movie for me, and this is how it affects me, is I asked Plas Johnson, the great sax man who did the Pink Panther thing. Oh, my God. You know. Yeah, it's amazing. You imagine. Yeah. The guy that played saxophone just, yeah. on the so I'm blowing it for Adam, this it's just one guy. On. No, but Adam, it's just one yeah. guy after another. Like, he did that, that and he did this, this. And, and he Adam, did that. I remember your story because I just want to interject real yeah. quick because I love this about your movie. Adam, so he does this really great technique where he'll have that gentleman playing sax. And he'll be playing the sax, and then he lays in what you used to hearing sure. and you just want to go are you kidding yeah. me and, and sometimes oh even fade back out and they'll fade back out to the guy just playing it and you're like what is happening and he's like he's and it it's funny yeah. because that's the only song though where you know right off the bat you totally <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a, the only it's a song reveal. that's a solo right he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's totally a reveal yeah. he's right because some other ones they'll start playing try, a lick I and you're to, like I try to hide it that was the thing as I try was trying to like it started because Carol would always play with her bass, and someone right. said when we were starting to edit, so you got to get more of those guys playing. It's like, it's so where am I going to get these guys exciting. playing? They mm-hmm. don't even, you know, barely get together. So I thought, I put them in the studio, I put Hal in the studio, put headphones on them, and I said, here's Hal, here's a dozen songs, you know, Beach Boys, the, you know, Ronettes. Yeah. You know, or, you know, boom, boom, boom. You know, that's it. You know, then we're off and flying. How so, cool was that? Oh, he's great. He's amazing. <laughs> so that's how I kind of did it. And then I started doing it's like, okay, let's start with that and fade it in. Same thing it's with so uh, Joe Osborne. And it's a, it's a really you. great technique because it it's like a game. You go, what is that? And then when you realize it, you're like, shut up. <laughs> oh, that's it's interesting. And then, you know, the other one I couldn't start at the beginning, the top of the head or the head, whatever you call it, is... Um, uh, boots were made for walking. Oh. That was fascinating. So I had to start that in the middle because yeah. it's like, all right, I can't give it away now. Can't yeah. give it away now. What I, is this? She's right, though. When she said that it's that dumb, dumb, dumb kind of bass yeah, sound. Nancy Sinatra. But this Nancy is a testament to the, awesome. to the best enjoyment of the movie is that you know that bass line. You oh, know yeah. the boots. Yeah. But yeah. you have no idea who plays it. And when you see it, you And that's a so famous bass line. And that's Chuck, that's Chuck Berg. So now you'll find out when you so watch. So exciting. Mm-hmm. And also, 
uh, for guys out there who want to get laid, become a musician because there's this that's guy. Why my, that's why my dad did it. <laughs> Who's so? <laughs> but a session musician? Can you get just as yes, late being a session you can musician? Get Nancy, that's my question. You can get Nancy Sinatra what? because I don't know who this guy was that married her, Shut but the front he door. was a normal looking dude, and there's a cute little picture of this like normal guy next to the hottest oh Nancy Sinatra. Hey, Randy something, He's right? Down Randy. Uh, Down Randy, yeah. Adorable, yeah. but I love the fact Down. that he got Nancy Sinatra. No, well, all right. Let's <laughs> clear this up Oops. right to camera. Oh, no. Okay. Don is not married to Nancy. Oh. They just sit next to each other on a couch. Uh, <laughs> uh, I thought he but got no, it. But, yeah. but this is good. This is how oh. rumors start. And oh. I will. I love <laughs> when Don, Don's going to hear <laughs> Tell this. Tell Don that I yeah. think they look great together. <laughs> no, Don was, he's been her is musical Nancy, director. Is Nancy married? Not right now, no. Don. Oh, Don. <laughs> Don is. Oh, I got on a never mind. Actually, Don's right not married now either. Nancy, <laughs> Nancy, Nancy Sinatra. <laughs> things just changed. How the things changed? Nancy Sinatra's I, really, well, really good in this. Apple cool. Music just has the three three months for free, right? And you can yeah. listen to anything like Spotify. <laughs> I got on this Nancy Sinatra kick this week. I'm telling you. You can listen to everything. It's wow. all good. It's really enjoyable. It's great, like, rambling about music. You I got to listen to, like, old <laughs> Nancy Sinatra. I know you like looking at the ladies. Go watch the video for that because oh. he shows a clip of it. Oh, <gasps> those, those so dancers, hot! The, 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 it's like the video or the those video of the day. Those dancers are so the hot. Boots made for walking. Oh my god! I'm, now think about where those ladies are today. They're probably in their eighties. God! <laughs> I hate to burst your oh bubble, but I, I mean, imagine. So what you're saying is, I got a shot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, especially like it. in radio. <laughs> bring, bring your Burt Reynolds wig. Oh, I have a question right? about uh, yeah. the session because I. I Learned. I I heard you interviewed on KPCC with Larry right. Mantle, and, and um, it's got me thinking about the whole idea of having somebody who's not the band play the music on the album that you buy. That's yeah. happening, right? That's what's happening. Yeah, it's always happening. So my question yeah. is, um, because you're familiar with AFFM, we're all union people. Yeah. Does session guitarists also mean you get paid for that session, and that's oh, it? Oh, that's it. That's no, it. No, 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 no. Yes and no. Here's so there's no back end. So somebody is. else plays your song, and then you collect all the residuals on that. No, as no, 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 yes and no. Here's what well, this is why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. There's the guys do get. Listen, they get the their session. There's residual fee. question. They they get their session fee, right? Yeah. Yeah, but they also get another fee if that song goes into a movie or it goes into a, a commercial or it goes. Yeah. So, yeah. Or, yeah. Like through the AFM, but really on the album, it. they don't get any of the album money. No. They don't but, get any of the publishing money. They don't get the master money. No, but here's what here's what my father says. Even in the movie, he says it. Mm -hmm. He says, "Listen, we made hundreds of hits, mm -hmm. but we made we made thousands of bombs." Yeah. He says, "I never gave anybody their twenty five dollars back." I loved when he said that <laughs> you know? because he said he, if they paid him their twenty five bucks and he knew it wasn't any good, he kept that money. Yeah. I loved when I mean, he that's, said that. That's how we all work. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like it's like, well, why? You know, should he get? That's your job. Is once you're there, you get you're there to get the next job. We're all there. Yeah. yeah. So was the Wrecking Crew? Um, uh, they a weren't a set band. They weren't. They, by the they weren't a nomenclature that they used amongst themselves. They what? What's that? There wasn't a nomenclature yeah. they used amongst themselves. No. A name. Okay. No. They didn't put no. It no actually, the, the Wrecking Crew. The record. The Wrecking Crew never really came out until the nineties. That's gotcha. a made up name oh. later. Oh, it was made up after it was the be, fact. It was because the guys, the older guys, used to say these guys are going to wreck the business playing this rock and roll because don't ah. rock and roll was a dirty, dirty word in nineteen sixty. And in the studio, really? yeah, it wasn't embraced as a as the new thing. As the no, no, not really, because the older guys, the other studio musicians, they're looking at like these three chords, and it's like what a bunch of stupid crap. Yeah, you know, that's true. And they didn't. And a lot of these jobs at the beginning were not; they were demos. 
demos were illegal in the union. Mm -hmm. So the older guys didn't want to take a chance because they would get them busted or they were cash dates. So these younger guys who were my dad, Hal Blaine, Carol. And who had nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. and Glenn Campbell. Was Glenn crazy, Campbell was is one amazing. of the great session players. Yeah. Leon Russell, another great session player. They would all do these things, and then all of a sudden they became the ones in demand. Now they're getting double scale. At mid 60s, they're all getting double scale. Their union, everything's going, you know, no one's messing with them. So Leon Russell started as a session musician? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say, I'm, so did Glenn I'm glad Campbell. as we went along, we got to the film chronicled Glenn's transition Me into too. headlining and all that. Yeah. How did it happen for Leon? Leon, I think, was just sick of it. You know, that's, it's funny because I just did an outtake. I cut another outtake the other day and looking at the transcripts. And he said, you know, I, I asked him one of the questions I asked, which was great. I said, Leon, were you, I said, how did you deal with the music sometimes? You know, because he gets, gets monotonous. He says, I was bored as shit. <laughs> you know, he says, after 10 times you do the same track, uh, da, 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 you know, you don't even read the music anymore. He starts to, he says, I start making up my own lyrics to mm. the song. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine <laughs> the lyrics he might have done for Gary Lewis and the Playboys or maybe Sonny and Cher's song? Oh, yeah. my God. You know. You, know, you guys know that Cher was a backup singer. Was she? Yeah. Yeah. She started as a backup singer? Yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah, kind of. She was. Yeah. But it was because Sonny took her, who was, I think, 19. And he, she was, what, 16. Yeah. Took her to the sessions with F Spectre. Hmm. And Spectre would always throw, Phil would always throw the guys, everybody. You go back there, you sing with the girls. Sonny, take a tambourine. And, you so know, it was the Ronettes she sang with, she right? Was, yeah, Ronettes yeah. was Be My Baby, I think was her first oh, gig. Wow. But it was like literally Larry v Levine said, you know, push Cher back, further back, further back, you know, away from the mic. <laughs> you know, because uh -huh. her voice was just going right through. Yeah, because she had a very specific quality. Yeah. yeah. Wow, you know, so she learned. She wow. learned a lot, you know, at the beginning. And she's charming in the interview you had. She's with her. great. Yeah. She's really lovely. You know, in and, it. and everybody thought, how the hell did you get Cher? I was thinking that. <laughs> and, and it was one of those things where. Do you know Kathy Griffith? Is I, that I, how you got her? <laughs> no, no, but I do. I mean, I've, you, I've you worked do? with her. Oh, okay. oh, I love Kathy. Because that's how I would try to get to share. I'd go to Kathy first. I never thought then, about that. Yeah, then yeah. you go hang out in her bathroom. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I was. Uh, she. I worked with her many, many years ago on a, a rock video in the '80s, and I remember standing next to her. I was a grip at the time, and I said, um, you know, shyly, I said, "Share, uh, my dad worked with you in the '60s. Who's your dad?" You know, like. Yeah. And I said, uh, "Tommy Tedesco," and we went. <gasps> And she melted. Aww. You know, and it was like, oh, oh my no. God, Tommy and Billy and Hal. And, you know, that's how she went. And I thought, okay, I got it. That's gotta, that same thing that she brought to this. Yes. So I knew. Yeah. And the reason was she was 16. Those were good yeah. years. Yeah. She didn't have to deal with these, you know, being the star. And that same thing with yeah. uh, with Glenn. Glenn Campbell said that he, he says the session years were my best. Wow. He didn't have the pressure of being, you know, I wasn't bored when I was on my show. I was bored. It was all these rehearsals. We're in sessions, he was going boom, boom, boom. He's, you know, doing Sinatra, and then he's doing the Beach Boys, and he's doing, you know, all this stuff. Wow. You never get bored. And you talk about, uh, you know, her being 16. I mean, yeah. also, she could have come across any sort of nefarious person in the industry. Oh, yeah. To, uh, you know, but obviously but so these guys... so she came across Phil Spector. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. Good yeah. point. He's yeah. in any. He's but, in any. But the Wrecking Crew guys, again, just the studio guys who come yeah. in and out of her life... And well, it, she didn't smack you when you mentioned your father's name. No, yeah. that's a good, good point. Times. All, see, all seem very cool. Now, but... So this brought up a question Karen and I had Mom? when we were done. There's relatively little uh, mention of... Like I watch so many music biopics now, and it's all biopics. when did they start taking drugs, and when did everything go horrible? <laughs> yeah. is that was that a big factor back then? No, that no, wasn't. Um, the reason is, and I asked this question. I knew there wasn't at my house because 
dad hated hated drugs because dad i told you earlier off camera or off mic i said you know dad was like freaky about like he didn't he had he had to have control forget about novocaine at the dentist it was like he did not he was freaked out about it so he never did any drugs and also they're going to a session they got to be on time Mm -hmm. they got to be in and out in three hours now maybe the percussionist me not hal didn't do it either but maybe some of the percussionists like gary coleman was doing some stuff and amel was doing some stuff these guys they were dabbling in pot and stuff but uh you had to be really professional and you really had to get in and get out jazz cigarettes yeah, yeah. <laughs> and usually, and usually it was like if that was it. Don't forget, there's a lot of reading involved. So yeah, you have to be sober enough to be able to. Keep but your you know, job. They, but maybe one of them got addicted, and but and hey, then was it, unable to do all that. And yeah. but that's not chronicled in the film, so I just assume it didn't happen. Get out of here, doing. No, I think we're it, doing weed. Yeah, I think yeah. it came. Like, yeah, I think it later came more. It seemed like it was more behind the behind the in the booth more with the. Oh, and it the, came later in the sixties. Maybe the producers and stuff. Don't forget that we're talking about early sixties. You know. Right. And I think later, later 60s is starting to come in and late, you know, 70s. Now they're in the long, you know, one of the guys, Al Schmidt said, who's the great um, engineer, producer, and he, what was he doing? Uh, oh God, um, Jefferson Airplane, I think it was. And he said there was a bowl of Coke. And they <gasps> just, just kept going. And it just got to get worse and worse and See, worse. See, that's gonna waste money and time. I it did, it did, you know? always. That's, That's how all the rock videos in the eighties. There was wasted time. It makes you really efficient for a half hour. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> the be- and it's the best half hour. Great half hour. Um, so whenever we were watching the end of the movie, I I know a little tiny bit about session musicians just because I love Lyle Lovett. And yeah. in my stalking of Lyle Lovett, I got to know his band, and his band is made up of some of the best musicians. Uh, and studio musicians like Russ Kunkel. Right. He goes on tour with them. We got to meet him a couple of times. And one time, I, I there's a place called the Cowboy Palace up in Chatsworth. I don't know if you know it, wow. but it's this old I live there. I live near there, but I, I oh my gosh, it's this crazy cowboy palace. It's it's um an old honky tonk, the first honky tonk, and they have a talent contest. And so what I would do is I would play some songs that my dad and I used to play these old yeah. country songs, and I'd go up there and make some money because you win wow. like fifty bucks. So I'd take my guitar up there and I'd go and you just plug in and you play your guitar and you tell the band what key it is and they play. And there's a couple of different guys and this and that. But on my right was always a steel guitarist. And he was super cool and I didn't know who he was. And I was like, hey. So he would play this, like Mama tried. He would take that yeah. whole thing and be kick ass. I'm like, yeah. So that happened for a while. And then my friend got me backstage to see Lyle after his performance downtown. Mm. And so I'm talking to Lyle and that was cool. And then I saw Mitch who is Mitch Watkins, who he tours with as his guitarist. And Mitch was talking to this guy, and the guy looked familiar, but I didn't know who it was. So I went over to Mitch, and Mitch introduced me to Dean Parks, who was the guy who originates all of the guitar tracks on Lyle's albums, because right. that's who records in the studio. Yeah. I This is the first I'd ever heard of this. Like I didn't know that the band I saw with Lyle was not who was always on right. the CD and stuff. So I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Cut to the next week. I go to that damn cowboy palace. I'm getting out my guitar. I look on stage and I'm like, holy shit balls. I've been playing with Dean Parks <laughs> for months. Dean, Park, Dean Parks was playing steel? That's why he was doing it. Because he's an amazing guitarist, but he wanted to get his chops oh, up on steel. So he would go and sit in. Where he didn't give a shit. With whoever the hell. He didn't give a shit. Yeah. It was amazing. Like Karen. He doesn't give a shit about Karen. So Dean would play steel, <laughs> which is incredibly hard. 
and he yeah. would play for doofuses like me, and he'd practice on me. Doofy. Yeah. And, and I, people don't know amazing. who they're playing with. I they're like, no I'm just idea. singing my song, yeah. and right there, bitch, you don't know, right next yeah. to Dean Parsons, and played with everybody. Wow, who plays great. with Lyle Lovett, who <laughs> yeah. I can't even deal Can with. Can I ask a question for yes, our sir. audience? What is the difference between yeah. steel guitar and uh, regular guitars? On your um, on your lap. Oh, oh, it's yeah. the one that lays yeah, On your lap, like and then that. you use oh. a um, bar, and then you kind of slide the bar. Yeah, and it kind of has, and it kind of has it. And what you don't even think about is there's all these pedals. So oh, not only are okay. you sliding the guitar and you're picking with all these picks, but then you're changing the chords and yeah. stuff with your feet. And so it's yeah. really like a circus act. Yeah. It's funny. It's the only guitar my dad actually didn't have in his arsenal. I believe Because it. in wow. his arsenal, he had in his cases, he uh-huh. had uh, bazookis and mandolins and tipples. And, and uh, you can do key, banjo. And banjos <laughs> and everything. And he would do Dobro? his. Dobro? Yeah. Yeah. But he would have it. It didn't mean wow. he had to play it the great. Because don't forget, he's in the studio. If he's doing a movie like, uh, like we were talking about Temple of Doom, he's being called oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. for electric sitar. Right. Now, electric instead of, sitar. Well, cool because it, instead of getting <laughs> Ravi Shankar, who might not be able to read John Williams' music, yeah, yeah. you need you know you got to read something. So it's going to be you know, electric sitar because he can play electric sitar. And he's just <sighs> next time you watch it, just watch the that scene with the monkey eating the you know eating ah. out of the head. Oh, the monkey brains. Yeah, the whole, yeah, the yeah that brains. whole dinner and, scene. And, they're just, and you just hear yeah. the sitar going, hold on, all yeah. over. But I've the heard thing it many is, times. I've heard that he only needs to know <laughs> so much to get across that that's what it is. Mm-hmm. So if he's doing like banjo, you know, like southern banjo, he just, you know, he hated the banjo, but you know what? He played it when pretended like he loved it. When Does he it play it. similar to the sitar, the banjo? No, I mean, oh, in okay. different okay. scenes, and different scenes. Still, yeah, and also yeah. the um, the banjo, Crazy. it's going to have a n- different number of strings. Yeah. And then there's picks that you put no, on he your had fingers. He had to learn but a whole different skill. But he would always tune every, every, you appreciate this, every so instrument hard. was tuned like a guitar. Oh, so he knew where he the chord, the, he, the he need to formations know, right. were. Because oh, then he didn't. Because then he knows exactly. He had a five thousand dollar Ramirez guitar. Doesn't have any of those dots. Uh-huh. Oh, he put dots on, because uh-huh. he needs to know. He says, "I can't tell John Williams. Right. Oh, it's the right tuning, even though I can't play it. Right. It's not gonna blend." <laughs> so he's able to put it into a tuning that's universal for him. Absolutely. And that way, no matter what, because the you, it's just about shapes on your left hand. Yeah. That's cool. Maybe you could give me a lesson because ah. I don't. Know. <laughs> For anybody not watching the YouTube video, oh. what Karen is doing is called geeking out. It's what I did at the beginning with these Star Wars. Yes, exactly. Well, Paul, Paul, now there's some stuff here we need to. Hey, take to go back too. to go back yes. to drugs though, there's a great outtake. Yeah, Please go back, to, go back drugs. to drugs. Yes. It's a great outtake Big where uh, Carol Kay is talking to my father. It's the first time they've been together in years, and uh, they're back backstage, whatever, you know, getting ready. And she goes, uh, she goes. You know, I'm so glad my kids didn't get into the business and, you know, it's really tough and da da da. And she says to my father, you know, you know, they're talking and commiserating about the kids not doing music. And my father says, yeah, you know, it's a you know, tough business. And, you know, they're just off camera or not, I, they don't know they're on camera. And she goes, um, yeah, because I don't want them to get into drugs. She goes, no, I got them into drugs. No. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not true. No, no, I made sure but they did was, drugs. Yeah. A uh, couple more quick things. Yeah. What is the f- favorite song your father ever played on? Um, yeah. You know, I think it, it was always going to be with a Spanish guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably meant for rock and roll. Probably would have been wait, rock and roll memories with uh, Elvis, the oh. comeback special. Really? Oh, wow. oh, do you play in the comeback special? Wait, wait, yeah. On stage? Like on stage? Yeah. Like he's in the comeback special? Oh, he's in the audience. No, not in the audience. He's in the band. So that that yeah. that yeah. 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 Well, oh I, as far I'm a. 
in the Beatles, Stones, Elvis argument, I'm a Beatles guy. Right. But that comeback special is the high it's point great. of Elvis's it's career. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's when he had the most charm. Oh, yeah. It's when he had the best look. It's when he had the best players around yeah. him. I mean, those Vegas bands were amazing, too, the ones yeah, that went yeah. to Hawaii. And and but, man, I love the pared down. And yeah. your dad was in that. That's crazy. That's yeah, cool. he had the orchestra, and he had his band, and, the, and that stuff that, uh, like, the Spanish guitar, you know, memories at the beginning. So anytime he got to play that and have real feeling towards his playing, he said, you know, and then later, like we were going back to Horn or James Horner or Goldsmith or... Whoa, whoa, whoa. or Did your father play on <laughs> one of James Horner's Yeah, he used to, a lot of them, because he was always the Spanish uh, reading. See, they Dad had such respect from these guys because he could read fly shit, and he <laughs> had such feeling about that could, the Latin guitar. So, like, Cocoon, you know, and... Um, uh, feel the dreams. Ugh. Now the feel the dreams is a drag because they didn't use that theme. Uh. It's on the CD. Okay. But if you ever pick up the CD, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then, but he said that's what I want to be known for. Yeah. He said anybody could pick up the Telecaster, and any one of the guys could have done. You know, there's 12 guitar players. Yeah. But when Horner or those guys are saying, can you keep the first two weeks in March open, and you're still a couple months away because we got a movie coming up. That means they're asking for him. They're not yeah. asking for anybody, and it, yeah. that's when he knew he made it. Wow. Because that it was is a tough business to to succeed in, and I understand why he didn't want to get you into it. Um, do you know the difference between a pizza and a professional musician? <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember. Go ahead. Pizza can feed a family of four. There you go. Oh! <laughs> you oh! son of a bitch! Oh, actually, oh! actually, on on the DVD. Six and a half hours of bonus material. I'm, I'm Actually, I'll give you another one, Denny. That. What's the <laughs> definition of perfect pitch? A dead. <laughs> when you throw a banjo in a dumpster and it That's doesn't right. hit the sides. Oh, <laughs> that was for your dad. His, his hate of banjos. Well, it, so I have an actual chapter called Musician Jokes. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Cool. For real? And oh, every time God. I do an interview, I have one of the guys say, you know, hey, tell me a musician joke. And you they know. always have one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I poached mine from Prairie Home Companion joke show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You would. <laughs> now, be prepared, too. Dick Clark's in this movie. Dick, Dick Clark is... With, without the stroke. Without yeah, the stroke. So he's oh, pre-stroke. pre-stroke. <laughs> yeah. So we got these Pre-stroking a Pre-stroking Dick. Because <laughs> I went... <laughs> oh! Honestly. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> other than note. other than the DVD, this can be found streaming on Netflix, so it's right there. Uh, you yeah, know, but, uh, but we don't want to watch it there, though. They yeah. will not get the six you and a half want, hours of extra fun you, stuff. We're talking about like there's two discs, cool. the holiday. Uh huh. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Holidays coming up. We might yeah. sell out. You can't That's open right. a package of no. a uh, downloadable I video. I have yeah. Leon right. Russell right. fans in my family that are going to have to get this for Christmas. Oh, actually. Leon. Yeah. There's, a, there's a great Leon Russell outtake, actually. Is there? Yeah. Leon Russell oh, looks boy. super cool. Wait till you see he him does young. Look cool, it's man. crazy. Oh. And Leon didn't want to do the interview for many oh, years. I didn't get him until. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. And I didn't get it until the last year. Mm. The last year before we actually had to cut it. And, or in 2000. See, we didn't Because this is like this. a 10-year or more 19. project, right? I, the the story behind it was I could not get the money to raise for the, to pay off all the music. So I oh, kept going. Of course, so we I was going to ask There's that. 110 songs. So yeah. I kept doing credit card, refi, credit card, refi, and got to the point where, okay, we've gone as far as we can. We made the film in 2008. We got a lot of awards, but no one t- would touch us because it was like, the budget yeah. must have been mostly music. These it's all, are it's all music. huge and songs, then, And then right? you got the the union, which yeah. is another two hundred thousand went to the union. You got uh, you got stock footage. You got all this stuff. You now know, we I were had to pay that we later. were talking to another documentarian a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. he had mentioned that there's some, there had been some 
revelations and changes in fair use laws. Did you yeah, were what, you able to benefit oh, from any of those? Not in the music. Because here's music. the thing is, yeah, there could be some fair use in this. Yeah. But here's the thing. There's only three labels. Am I going to bust their balls over one song to right. save a few bucks yeah. when they got ten others and they're going to go, uh-uh. Yeah. You dealing with Universal? All of them. Yeah. Well, Universal, Sony, and what was it? Uh, who's Warner that? Brothers? Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, those are the yeah. Warner Chapel. Well, let's get. To, we, I asked your favorite song, "Play by Your Dad." But what is your What is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, Diner. Oh, there's a new one. Oh, That's a new one. I think what is it that you like about Diner? Yeah. Um, I just love the food? dialogue. <laughs> yeah, I just like. There's something. Yeah, right. It, it's funny because that's kind of what my film I based the round table with is them always talking. And musicians jab each other. Yeah, that's yeah. how that's yeah, how Denny yeah. interviews the members of the Wrecking Yeah, it's yeah. great because they give Carol shit. Fashion. She's like, you know, oh, yeah. tell them the story yeah. about, and then she tells the whole story, and they're like, well, you just told the story. Yeah. <laughs> they that's a great shit. perspective cool. on this movie, actually. But it, it's interesting because Barry Levinson, would, instead of letting them, he would let them uh, talk over each other instead of, you know, usually as an actor, you guys all know, yeah. don't, cut off his line yeah. and it was the opposite it was like Robert Altman style right yeah, yeah and, th and I just think that's the greatest yeah you know, so uh, it's, it's very lifelike did Levinson write that too he wrote yeah, that didn't he, he so. so Levinson directed Rock the Casbah so there you go it's all <gasps> oh did he, he did he, he did really? that's, a, that's yeah. a Levinson movie yeah. wow. oh my god and Brain Man and he's a yeah, well, yeah. Oh, it's good and etc so and it's et a Cinderella story right? oh Cinderella yeah, story yeah. hey and his dad his dad played on Caddyshack that was my second how cool is that that is very cool. My wife hates that film. If I would have known before, <laughs> uh -oh. I married her. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a deal him. breaker. Things could have gone differently. Does uh, he play on more than the uh, afternoon delight kind of scene uh, with yeah. the? Uh, yeah. The, well, no, not in that one. No, not in Caddyshack. That was because Kenny Loggins asked him to come in on that. Oh, oh very that's cool. He, he was just called in. Yeah, he's not doing the other stuff. But he did all. I mean, he did over close to a thousand films and TV. Oh. Yeah, you know, you go. It's crazy. I'm just gonna throw this out there because you know that's how I roll. But he didn't happen to play on Ghostbusters, did he? No. Oh, sorry, sorry. Now there all is right, good. Good to know. There all is right. a track, and I've never been sure if it was a library track or if someone actually played it for real on, on Caddyshack. Is when they all. It's it's when they're gonna christen the ship, and there's that sort of like oh, active right. by the beach sort of did it, did it, did it, did it. Everybody's yeah. uh, everything's kind of going on, and it's, it's the best man. I got it from a Negro like that. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. um, I like to think that he played on that. I, I, got a little good <laughs> I'll, I'll go with it if it makes you I feel like better. <laughs> I'm probably, gonna, probably a library trick. I've decided he's played on Ghostbusters. He yeah, just doesn't right. know it. So. Yeah, him and Ray, Ray Parker Jr. Yes. Uh, we have to blow through this. <laughs> what did you see this week? Is that your cousin? I could talk. No. Your brother? I could talk music no, for a uh, hundred years. That is. That's Paul. Uh, but uh, we need to get on to what you see this week. But let's keep it real brief. I saw Everest with Movie Pass. Oh, how is it in Ooh. 3D? I didn't see it in 3D. Oh, oh. 2D. well, that's probably good with the movie see it in 3D. How was yeah. it? Well, the walk in 3D would <gasps> mess you Can't up. Wait. Yeah, that the last half hour of that movie, I you just I was shaking. It was Did so you like? Crazy. And I knew Everest, what happened. Though? It was good. I liked that there's pedigree all over it. It's full of good actors, but it kind of is, is procedural. Mm. Here's stuff that happened, and it's well, over. Did you see the, yeah. the doc? It looks procedural. I didn't see no. the doc, but I saw a documentary about climbing Everest that was like in one of those IMAX Oh, well, you know, I'm when, so sorry. I'm thinking of, I'm, I'm off on a different. Man I'm, on I'm thinking of Man on Wire. Oh, no, no, no I did say The Walk real He quick. loved yeah. that. Yeah. No, yeah. The Walk he was really good. He saw that documentary and loved it because he thought that Philippe, was so full of life and energy and enthusiasm. Yeah. But That's I, a good documentary. Yeah, yeah. They they got that one right. I think when they gave it the Oscar. Oh, you produced the Oscars, didn't you? I what? Yeah, yeah, it sounds great. I'm 
camera. <laughs> I produced. IMDb <laughs> says yes. so. Yes. No, I produced the opening of Billy Crystal's uh, in 2000. Oh wow! Okay, that is probably one of the that's only the amazing. greatest yeah. Oscar yeah. openings ever, though. Everybody always talks about that. Was, that. that was the one that he, they came back. They'd done the first two where they two years before, a uh-huh. couple years before, Billy walked away, and then they asked him to come back, and that was the. 50, what was the anniversary? Seventy fifth anniversary. Oh my God! Everyone loves when he does yeah, it. Yeah, it was it was great. Especially did you help produce the uh, montage, the song? Yeah, that, no, we did the montage of we shot all the montage. Very stuff. cool. It was hell. Oh, was <laughs> you stick him into the movies, right? You yeah, put yeah, him yeah. In yeah that's Beauty awesome. Was that he was he's amazing. Yeah, it was pretty. Um, yeah, it's been tough. Pretty digital. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah no, we were shooting film. Uh, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. The, the technicians on that. I mean, you have. Uh, Dan Butts was uh, the art director, and he nailed it every time. Wow. Yeah. But uh, it was hell. It was a hell job. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we're happy you had that hell job. You take it for the label, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Oscars. <laughs> yeah, could do it. What yeah. else did anyone see? I saw a couple of things. Oh, TBS of, report. Uh, TBS report uh, had a uh, had um, Pacific Rim, and I don't know. I didn't notice it the first time, but there are stretches of that movie, minute after minute, in which there are neither giant robots or giant Godzillas. <laughs> didn't <laughs> realize it the first time. Right. Oh my God! There's a lot of non Godzilla, yeah. non robot <laughs> stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he really uh, tries to develop. If you want to see robot robots, uh, go yeah, see gems. I need giant robots and giant <laughs> Godzillas. But I saw Rocky Five. You? And you, Great concept. I'm pointing at you, Paul, yes. because oh. you said you liked this movie. Rocky Balboa. Oh, okay. Well, I'm the okay. one that liked Rocky Five, but in oh. concept only. The okay. fact that it is the next logical step for that story is good. It is a 90s movie. It cannot avoid it. Uh, yeah. You know, the it, 90s it, it, sucked all these good movies and made them whatever they He's are, insufferable but. as the punch drunk Rocky. It's just the hardest thing to so watch. So you suffered through it because you thought he liked it. <laughs> I kept watching it going, what? Okay, Paul <laughs> sees something have here. Have you not seen Rocky Balboa? Yes. I have not. Oh, you have to see oh. Okay. Oh. That's quite excellent. Poor Creed. Okay. Oh, poor yeah. guy. But I'm I, honestly, I'm watching the whole movie going, what is Paul seeing here? Okay, <laughs> yeah. another 20 minutes, another 20 minutes. But do a ramp up, see Rocky Balboa, you got a month to, and then Creed comes out where okay. he coaches Creed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I'll do that. that, I'll do that. Now, and what else uh, did anybody see? Very briefly, uh, now this has been a couple weeks since I saw a movie, actually, because I've been very, very busy, but I thought of you, Karen, Oh. because uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino at the New Beverly Theater showed Alien. Oh, okay. Oh. That's not why I thought of you. Oh. Uh, Alien <laughs> and something called Forbidden Planet something. Terror, Forbidden Planet, Planet Terror. Planet Terror. It's the, uh, the uh, one. Just yeah, yeah. call it Planet Terror. Sure. But uh, double feature, and so, of course, seeing Alien in the theater, I mean, my goodness, and the Martians in theater right now to see the actual Alien in right. real time is wonderful. But you know what they show before it? Because they always show a cartoon and a trailer show before the movies at, at, the, at the New Beverly. Not Jim. Here Not Jim. Uh, he actually showed Ray Parker Jr.'s actual <gasps> Ghostbusters video oh. with 200 people in attendance who are laughing. This this video is so absurd. Oh, well, the actors show up, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got John Candy and in they it. Dance, it's got, the Ghostbusters and, dance. It, yes, oh. and Bill Murray does the uh, uh, tries to break dance in yep. Times Square, and they grab his feet and try and turn him around and do a him. back spin or whatever, because that is very popular at that time. Mm. Is the break dancing? Oh, I love it. It was just a wonderful flashback to Ghostbusters. That that's what videos looked like at that time. That movie may be a bit timeless, except uh-huh. for a couple special effects, but that's what music videos looked like mm-hmm. at that time. <laughs> yeah, that, now, that if you not. like Ghostbusters, that song, then you're gonna love the Bubay Sisters show. We're performing on. Halloween ah. from 7.30 mm. to 8.30 and that's our encore as we're coming back oh, yes. with at the Cork Lounge in Sherman Oaks yes 7.30 mm-hmm. you know I just saw Get the, there early. the yeah. other uh, I saw uh, uh, Shelter which is uh, the Paul Bettany <gasps> yes. movie 
Did Shield you hear about that one? This one? He, Paul Bettany, the actor, just yeah, directed Vision this. from yeah. the Avengers. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Among other exactly. <laughs> so he did. Uh, he did Priest. this. He directed and wrote this uh, film about uh, two homeless people. And uh, hmm. Jennifer Connelly, his wife, stars it as a heroin addict, homeless wow. person. It's really beautiful. I mean, it's really harsh and touching, but. It's a beautiful Good script. debut, directorial-wise? Yeah, he didn't act. He just... Oh, didn't, he didn't direct no, no, at all. Oh, no, he directed thought, it. I thought the two of them would have been the couple. No, yeah. no. He kept it. He said, you know, would he say it was directing Jennifer was like taking a rock with showers or something, or a shower with rocks, actually. Oh. You know, can you imagine directing your loved one? But mm. Through he, through oh, heroin addiction. Yeah. Oh. She's amazing in it. She's Wait, amazing yeah. in this. And he's they were married. Yeah. Were they married? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But we learned tonight that Nancy Sinatra is not, is not, married. not married to Don, Don Ramsey. Randy. Good okay. to know. And that Don Ramsey is no longer married. <laughs> but, but seriously, <laughs> get the Apple Music At trial. All. Thank yeah. you, Karen. Nancy Sinatra, hit shuffle. Okay, let's get to the big uh, grand finale of every show. Karen's look at the birthdays oh, yes. of those who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Take it away. Alright, let's start off our week wish of a week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Miss Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, she awesome. turns. Are you ready? Is everybody That's sitting down? Yep. How old is she? Fifty nine. Star Wars week. Wow. Fifty nine people. Fifty nine is almost sixty. But, uh, shush, don't even yeah, think about it. Up. But she can play anywhere from <laughs> smirking to sarcastic. Now, we all know Miss Fisher from her work in Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, and Return of, of the Jedi. Of course. Of course. But this December, she will prize her role as Princess Leia in Star Wars Can you Episode imagine? Seven: The Force Awakens. Is she in this new trailer? Yeah. Ah, briefly. Looks fantastic. Doesn't, doesn't have a line, but can't she's even handle it. This is kind of cute. According to IMDb, when asked about her reaction to the sale of Lucasfilm to Disney, she said, "I am now a Disney princess." Ah, <laughs> a slave princess. Ah, there you exactly. Go. Carrie is not just an iconic actress, but she's also a well-respected script doctor, the person who's hired to punch up really? a number of Hollywood scripts. So says the internet? So says IMDb of all internets. I didn't know she was a script doctor. Get this. She has punched up such scripts as Milk Money, The River Wild, Sister Act, The Mirror Has Two Faces, Outbreak, Intolerable Cruelty, and, pay attention, she has punched up Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones, and Star Wars Episode no Three: way. Revenge of the Sith. She needs to punch harder. She no needs way. to work a little bit harder. <laughs> she needs to outright slug. So I'm not well, saying we need it, to she's blame the her, of milk money, but know, she. And this is okay. Just, now it makes sense. You uh, mean that masterpiece? <laughs> these are just a couple of the movies she's worked on. It's it's kind of crazy that she has punched up tons Close of cards stuff. To the edge. Yeah, yeah, that's so next up, let's wish a very happy birthday to Mr. Christopher Lloyd. He turned oh, great, Scott. Wow. Right? great Scott. And Today's the day to this. do so. Today is his actual birthday. Oh wow! Yeah, no, no way. He, I wonder if they picked this day because of him. I don't know. Because it is Back to the Future it Day. It is today, Back right? to the Future Day. This is the day in 2015 that uh, Marty McFly goes. This is back the to day the that Doc Brown from Back to the Future movies. He was um, sent Marty back to the future yeah. to October 21st, back 2015. When, and what a mind trip for our listeners because when they actually hear the show, it will be in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not actually going to be Back to the Future and Day when they hear it. All of right. the events in all of the Back to the Future movies will be in the past. In the, oh, there what? you go. So, mind uh, blown. I'm sure you guys have heard this a lot on the, the interwebs and whatnot today, that there's a couple of things that Back to the Future predicted, and we're just wondering how close were they. For example, hoverboards. There is a California architect, Greg Henderson, who designed a similar board that floats in midair called the Hendo, Hendo Hoverboard. 
Did you hear about that? Yes. Yeah, so there's Tony Hawk rode that around. Oh, okay. um, flying cars. People have played around with that idea of a Never going to happen. Car. Did your father ever work with Marvin Berry? <laughs> no. <laughs> Is he the guy who sang That's Chuck Berry's Chuck brother? Chuck Berry's yeah, brother. Yeah, back to the hey, Mar- back to the it's your brother, Marvin. Friend of the show, Harry Waters you know, Jr. The kids are going <laughs> to love this. You know that new sound you're looking for? <laughs> Also, um, Marty's daughter in the movie, she wears a headband that makes phone calls that are a lot like Google Glass. Oh, yes. Which is kind of crazy. And nothing else in their 2015 is anything like ours. No. The fashion is absolutely people from 1989 (laughs) saying, what would the future be like? Well, we know for a fact. Everything holograms. We know for a fact that they were wrong because today we found out the Cubs did not win the World Series. But what a great flirtation. Amazing. I mean, it's a very movie guy week. One of the things I love about uh, Back to the Future 2 that they did get right, but they had they had the idea right, but the wrong technology is that everyone's going to have a bunch of TVs, except for they were all the the picture Thank tube TVs. There, oh, were, yes. <laughs> there were like 12 picture tube Aww. TVs mounted on the wall, taking up half your home. <laughs> all right. Self-lacing, self-lacing shoes, I'm proud to say we are not that lazy. I'll lace my own. All right. And lastly, Thank because, you, because uh, you can't go without wishing Mr. Weird Al <gasps> I just saw him in concert. My God. My God is a genius. I Let me, it's a great concert. He is okay. absolutely there is no better place to be happy on earth <laughs> yes. than a Weird Al concert. If you were sad, there is one recipe. Weird Al. Lay down that money. Well, he turned fifty six. So I just think he's fantastic. He can play anywhere from Madonna to Michael Jackson. Oh, my God. According to IMDb, and I think this is kind of interesting, Weird Al was the subject of a 1999 episode of VH1's Behind the Music. And it was a documentary. Unlike other such celebrity documentaries in the series, he did not include any mention of alcoholism, drug abuse, divorce, gambling, (laughs) religious cults, or sexual escapades. There you go. (laughs) I did see that one, and he had a a great comment about how people would come up to him and say, well, where have you been? What have you been doing? He's like, I'm still doing the same yeah, thing I've yeah. always yeah. done. 30 I'm years of dominance in yeah. your genre. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. The only game in that town. Yeah. The only game weird in Al. parody music. Yeah. Weird Al? Yeah. Uh, his mucus, music, mucus. His mucus. <laughs> wow. Oh, Weird Al's writing, writing that down. He totally loves that. His music has appeared in such films as Spy Hard, UHF, the Transformers movie, and he's acted in The Naked Gun, The Naked Gun 2 and a half, and UHF. It seems that he and Le- Leslie Nielsen have a lot of similar things on their resumes. <laughs> Oddly enough, you wouldn't put those two together. No. But a lot of the same movies and TV. So now, now oh, Bart, you know how much I love when play. celebrities sing. This is true. Denny, I don't know if this happens to you a lot, but people come up to me all the time and they say, tell me two interesting things about Karen Bolpe. And I say, uh-huh. well, well, what do you say? She loves Bill Murray, but you knew that. <laughs> Figure that one out. And then I tell them she loves when celebrities sing. Love and it. I do. I especially love, love when birthday boys sing. So I thought, why not tie it all together? And now we're not going to have Bill Murray sing Star Wars, which would be amazing. But instead, I thought, why don't we have Weird Al sing <gasps> a little Yoda for us? Oh, God. <sighs> Take it away. This is so good. Internet. <laughs> I will go to karaoke bars and I will play Lola, uh, but I'll sing this. Ah, I love it. <laughs> Like a giant carbonated soda. Oh my god. <laughs> His lyrics are genius. I saw the little rent sitting there on a lot. I asked him if, if your dad played with Weird Al, Denny, yeah, that, was, that would be over been, the top. They would have gotten along really well. 
Your dad was a cut-up man. By the, by the way, from I've, the movie. I've sometimes said I was born at exactly the right time to enjoy VHS, to enjoy Star Wars. This a Weird Al in 3D comes out in what 83, 84. Something like that, yeah. When you hear "Eat It" for the first time, yep. and you are I don't know whatever eight, the perfect age, whatever the perfect age is to hear "Eat It," and go, someone took the most famous song in the world and did weird lyrics to it, yep. and they're all great. That's crazy. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up birthdays, I also just want to just throw one off the cuff for the great Mike Nichols, the Phantom Editor, oh, is having a birthday the this Phantom weekend. Editor. Yes. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. So I just want to say happy birthday, Mike. And that wraps up another movie showcast. Together, we're the movie guys. Individually, we are. Karen. guys with his new hat. Uh, you can all follow us on Twitter at the movie guys for daily jokes and links. Nice. Also, facebook.com slash the movie guys. iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Fun Your Die, SoundCloud, Find Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. Thanks to Denny Tedesco. Yay. Thank you, guys. Awesome. And also, everybody, we're wearing some surface. super cool The Wrecking Crew hats. So check that out when you want to. Uh, I'm going to steal this DVD. See them I want a DVD, YouTube. Denny. WreckingCrew.tv. I think, all, I got, I think we got a look. I got to okay. get you one. Do you go out to any of these screenings? I don't know. It's I do. Yeah. Because I know it's playing all over the country yeah. still to the end of November at least. Yeah. Uh, here and there. I just, so, I'm going to Nashville yeah, so we got uh, Beach Monday. Boy. That's a whole nother slew of studio musicians. I'm going to read there. off all the people that uh, are, are, <laughs> are listed on the front here The Beach Boys, Nat King Cole, Elvis, Dean Martin, The Mamas and the Papas, Phil Spector, Glenn Campbell, The Monkees, I Tina Turner, Henry Mancini, Frank Sinatra, The Birds, The Righteous Brothers, Sonny and Cher, Simon and Garfunkel, Nancy Sinatra, Shelley. Right. Spoiler alert, the monkeys clips in the movie might be one of those instances where the band didn't play their own music. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, spoiler I alert. Uh, and don't forget, we're at the Ghostbusters screening at the UMI Credit Union in Burbank oh, yes. this uh, Friday the 23rd at, to get there about 6.30 for pre-show weirdness. Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Uh, thanks to Steve Scholes for his writing contributions oh, to the show every week, and as always, we're, we owe everything to Pat, Pat Peach. Oh, Next week, Karen, Happy Month continues because there's also a new Sandra Bullock, Bullock movie. movie. Our brand is crisis. We'll talk about that. Time after Bill Murray. We'll talk about that and more. We'll see you then. Thanks, Danny. Bye, guys. Bartella, Mona, and Greg. Ooh, prophetic.